are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome in, everybody, to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I am your host, Kate Madjuke, and you can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. As always, I'm joined by my awesome co-host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Give the show a follow to you on Twitter, Locked On Dynasty, and hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends to tell their friends to listen to the show so we can help them build the ultimate dynasty as long as they are not in your league, because that would be silly. Everybody, we are talking second year quarterbacks and tight ends today. We have lots of fun names at the quarterback side. And Marcus, you've promised me that you are going to make this tight end conversation an exciting one. Yeah, I'm actually really excited about three different tight ends entering their second year. Uh, we know it typically takes these tight ends a little bit longer to develop than, let's say, like a running back or a wide receiver. Uh, and I think these three guys that we're going to talk about now, they're all pretty cheap. They're all going after the top 15 at, their, at the tight end position. Uh, and I'm excited to get into it. I love it. Let's start off with, with second-year quarterback. So okay. we saw Justin Herbert come out and absolutely crush in his rookie season, broke that rookie touchdown record. He was one of just three quarterbacks since 2010 to finish a fantasy football season with more than 300 fantasy points. He crushed. Now, we all hmm. know what he did last season, but... Uh, I, I want to know, what do you think about his second year? Do you think he can sustain the production that he came out blazing with in his rookie season? Absolutely. I, I think he's going to have an even better season for a couple different reasons. The first being, <laughs> sounds bad, but Anthony Lynn's gone. Like I just don't think Anthony Lynn is a, a, a good head coach. I don't think he's a good play designer. Uh, we'll see what Joe Lombardi can do, but I do think that's at the very worst. I think it's a neutral move. I, Kate, I love the offensive line, and we know how much, oh, how many resources the Chargers have spent in that offensive line. They drafted Rashawn Slater in the first round. Uh, they signed Corey Lindsley, uh, Lindsley the, the all-pro center. They brought in your guy, Matt Filer from Pittsburgh. It, it's not the best offensive line in the world, but it's significantly better than what we saw last year. And then the weapons are still really good. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they drafted Josh Palmer in the third round. We know about the running backs, the running backs in Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly, who we talked about last week. I just think this is going to be a really good offense. I think Herbert's incredibly talented. I don't see with a reason why with a full offseason entering year two that he shouldn't be even better. I really, really liked the moves they made on the offensive line. I do think that's going to be a really key part of his ongoing development. And, uh, I mean, just giving him time to throw the ball. If you uh, give mike williams the chance to get open downfield if you get josh palmer that opportunity yeah. to get open downfield yes. we know he's got he's got some nice arm strength he's a mobile guy definitely sky is the limit is he worth his current price tag because he's he's being drafted as a like a mid-range qb1 is he worth it is i mean is this a time to sell while his price tag is relatively high or do you think it only gets higher from here I think it's only going to get higher from here. I love I, it. I, I got him as quarterback six right now. And frankly, I think you could talk, talk me into him being even higher over guys like Kyler Murray, uh, maybe, maybe Dak Prescott, because I just think Herbert is going to be in an offense that is going to be so good and so efficient. 
And Kate, do you know another reason why I like Herbert? The defenses in the AFC West kind of suck, right? Like, oh, yeah. Denver has a good defense, but the Raiders, the Chiefs, like he's going to be able to shred these defenses. I think Herbert's going to be in for a monster, monster season. Last year we saw, uh, what was it, 36 touchdowns in 15 uh, games. I think 40 is certainly on the table. I think I think the efficiency could potentially go up. He only averaged 7.3 yards per attempt. Wouldn't be shocked if that goes up to, to 8 or maybe even above that. I, I love Justin Herbert. I absolutely do not hate that take. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate some some high upside assets. And you know what? The Chargers, I just feel like, are one of these offenses that uh, perennially they have values on their roster. I feel like mm-hmm. Austin Eckler, I mean, he finishes the RB4, for crying out loud. We're one season removed from an RB4 performance, and he's not being drafted as such. Uh, I mean, we see... Uh, bleh. We see Keenan Allen, perennial value, especially in PPR formats. It just seems like no matter what, this offense tends to produce year in and year out. And we never we, we never really bat an eyelash, but this could be uh, a nice time. If, if you're in on Justin Herbert, you must by now. Let's talk about one other rookie, and then we'll take a quick break. Uh, let's talk about Jalen Hurts. All right, mm. Jalen Hurts finished the season with a 52% completion percentage. Not fantastic, but good Lord, the kid has wheels. Uh, mm-hmm. What are you doing with Jalen Hurts? Because I think out of all of these second-year quarterbacks, I'm having the most difficult time valuing Jalen Hurts because I'm not sure where he fits into this team's long-term plan. Yeah, so this one is incredibly difficult for me. So I, first of all, I just have to admit my bias, right? So like, I'm an Oklahoma Sooners fan. I, I love watching Jalen Hurts when he uh, that one year with Oklahoma. Um, I, I think he's a fantastic leader. He's a, a a marvelous runner. I think he's the type of person you want to root for, and I think that's why Philadelphia is going to go with him as their starter this year. Is there's just a lot to like. However. We have to acknowledge that there's some pretty big deficiencies with him as a passer, right? Like he completed only 52% of his passes last year. Uh, there were some games where he just looked overwhelmed as a passer, and that happens for rookie quarterbacks. But my fear is that he's just never going to be good enough as a passer to, to keep the starting job, and he's probably going to be one of these guys that moves around to a couple different teams, maybe like a Tyrod Taylor type of quarterback. So that's why I don't get why he's going so high right now in Dynasty Leagues and why he's ranked so high. I get I get when he starts, he's going to play incredibly well. But I think you're crazy to have him ranked over like guys like, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers even right now, Matt Stafford, Baker Mayfield, Ryan Tannehill, because I just don't see the long-term job security for Jalen Hurts. I mean, let's look at you know his performance in his final season at Oklahoma. Completed mm-hmm. nearly 70% of his passes uh, the year before in Alabama and his limited limited time playing there in 2018. Completed 72.9% of passes. So it's not like we've never seen him hit a significant completion percentage. Overall in his college career, completed 65% of his passes. So, I mean, maybe we're looking at this past year's uh, completion percentage as an anomaly in terms of his career, it's just so hard when you have a an organization that hasn't made it totally clear that they're all in on a guy. 
Let's take a quick break. And when we get back, I want to get into another second year quarterback who there have been plenty of questions whether or not he's going to be the guy. Wanted to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We are talking second-year quarterbacks, second-year tight ends. And next up, I want to get into a a friend from down south. I want to talk about Tua Tagovailoa, one of the – I mean, have you ever seen a group of humans so out out on a limb for a guy and then just completely wash out after one season of disappointing performance – returning from a catastrophic injury mm-hmm. why why is everybody so out on Tua I cannot figure this out I think Tua has become one of the best values in dynasty startup drafts quite frankly because if if you're looking at the opportunity that the Dolphins have put before him with the playmakers they've added I, I just don't understand why is why is this guy going so low why are we all out on Tua. I don't understand either, Kate, because this one is, is so weird to me. Quarterback um, I 17, think, by the way, in Dynasty Stars. Yeah, yeah. I think there's this for... <laughs> this is going to get me in trouble. There's this weird love for Ryan Fitzpatrick among the NFL and fantasy football circles that I don't quite get. Like, Oh, I, you're going to get so much hate for this. Yeah, well, listen, I, I understand that he has a fun beard and he's got a fun personality and he kind of, he's reckless with the football. And that's good for fantasy receivers, but it's not great for NFL teams. That's why he keeps moving from team to team is he's not a great long-term option. So when Farhan Fitzpatrick was benched in favor of Tua last year, I think a lot of people didn't like that because the Dolphins were playing well. Fitzpatrick was playing well, but... He's not the long-term guy. And I think Brian Flores realized, and I think the front office realized, that they need to find out quickly if Tua is the guy or not. And (laughs) I think he played well. Like, if you exclude the Week 17 game, which obviously was bad against Buffalo, he had three interceptions in that game, just did not play well. But uh, in the other eight starts that he had, Kate, he scored 13 touchdowns, had two interceptions, completed nearly 65% of his passes, had a passer rating of 93 for a rookie that had basically no offseason and no, I mean, I think nine training camp practices and no preseason games to get ready, I thought he performed pretty well. I, I, I don't understand this one at all. I, I can't believe that he's he's falling this far right now at the quarterback position. Uh, I think he's an incredible value. I mean, looking at just the overall narratives surrounding these second-year quarterbacks, obviously Justin Justin Herbert's the top tier. But comparing Tua and his rookie season stats to Justin Herbert, average depth of target, eight yards to Herbert's 7.8. So there's this narrative floating that Tua can't throw a deep ball and is unwilling to. Uh, he actually had a higher average depth of target than Justin Herbert last season. Justin Herbert had 5.5% of his passes dropped 
in hmm. 2020, we saw Herbert, or, sorry, Tua had 8.8% of his passes dropped. Adjusted completion percentage, Tua actually outbeat Joe Burrow in adjusted completion yeah. percentage uh, and was right there on pace with Justin Herbert. So that takes that takes into account all of the drops, the throwaways. They actually performed pretty, pretty darn well. We know that Tua can be a mobile guy, and he was returning from just a god-awful injury and Correct. just saw some, I think, coaching instabilities last season because I, I think the Dolphins were really put in a difficult position when they realized, I think, how close they were to competing for a, a – a chance to play in the playoffs, right? So the other thing is, I mean, the offense just got so much better this offseason, right? Like, obviously, the drafting of Jalen Waddle should help, but they also brought in Will Fuller, who will Huge. be suspended for week one. Yeah, I mean, to add those two guys on the outside on top of Devontae Parker's already good, but they're also getting back Preston Williams, who can do a little bit on the outside, this big body receiver, Lynn Bowden, entering the second year. We still have Devontae created... Parker. I love Devontae they... Parker. Yeah. He's a, like he's probably the best, I would say, I would argue the the league's best wide receiver three. Yes, I agree. And then, again, they upgraded their offensive line. They drafted Liam Eikenberg in the first round. They had a very young offensive line last year. They improved their center spot. I expect Tua to not only take a leap, but to take a pretty big leap. I think he's going to be significantly better this year. I am all in on Tua, baby. Yes, I'm, yes. I, I don't think I've, I mean, I wasn't really in on Tua ahead of uh, last season. I think, you know, I, I had very tempered expectations, and I think the hype was just so, so high that it was really hard to meet those expectations. But I mean, another year removed from this injury, I just, I, I think with the the weapons around him, I, he's going to make a big second year leap. Last but not least, I want to talk about Jordan Love, okay? Hmm. I'm not going to talk about Joe Burrow because I do feel like, I just feel like we, we already feel pretty confident that Joe Burrow is going to make the leap with the wide receivers, with the addition of Jamar Chase. I, I think we already have a, a pretty good narrative established for what he's going to do. But I think the biggest question in the league might be, what about Jordan Love? What This is like the, the one time, if you really believe in the Jordan Love breakout, that you need to buy him now before it, it officially becomes clear what Aaron Rodgers' intentions are for the 2021 season. I don't have a great feel on this one, Kate, because I did not love Jordan Love as a prospect. That didn't mean to have that cra crappy pun there. Uh, I, I didn't like Jordan Love, <laughs> Love as a prospect. I don't really trust Matt LaFleur without Aaron Rodgers. I think the playmakers outside of Devontae Adams are not very good. I think the offensive line is going to take a hit. And the defenses in that division should be very good as well. So... I'm probably passing on Jordan Love until I see it because what I saw in college, I did not like. In his final season with Utah State, had 3,400 passing yards, 20 passing touchdowns, and 17 yeah, interceptions. Yeah, don't love it. Don't love that. But, I mean, you got to love the fact that he would be paired with a very good running back, a very good uh, wide receiver one, arguably one of the best in the NFL. But... Um, so are you just out on Jordan yes. Love as yes. everything uh, in general, everything. even if he's okay? I'm just I, okay. I, I, I just don't think he's very good. That's that's really what it comes down to. I think that's totally fair. Um, 
worth noting. I think this this is like some of the most under uh, under the radar news. I feel yeah. like, but uh, Aaron Rodgers has renewed his membership at the Green Bay Country Club. So. I, I think we're. Uh, I think that's something encouraging. He renewed through the end of the 2021 year. So good for him. I mean, <laughs> do with that what you will. I, I know, like he's got enough money that you know we can we can throw away any membership and start over in a new city if he chooses to do so. But uh, still, it, it's worth something to know that he's he's considering being in Green Bay for the months to come. Let's take another quick break. And then Marcus, I want you to open things up with our second year tight ends. Just wanted to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business that has been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it is time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is coconut versus birthday cake. Go to BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Welcome back into the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. We are talking second year players We've already hit on the quarterbacks. Marcus, you you've said we're going to make this an exciting conversation because mm-hmm. I said I don't I'm not totally in on any of these second year tight ends, but you promised me you'd sell me on on some of these guys and the potential for production. Open up. I, I want to hear your pitch. Yeah, so we've got three guys. Let's go ahead and start with the guy that was drafted the highest last year in Cole Komet. Um I actually really like him. So he just turned 22 in March. He's a very, very young tight end. Um, And I do think he has a path to be maybe the second leading target guy on this offense. Um, Allen Robinson obviously is going to play on the outside. Darnell Mooney was a good rookie last year. Um, But Komet is a very interesting guy. He's six foot six. He's 265 pounds. And he actually has pretty good athleticism, 47040, 90th percentile jump, so he's very explosive. Um, what I noticed, Kate, the most from watching him last year is he got significantly better as a run blocker in the second half of the season. And while that doesn't you know, translate to fantasy points, what that does mean is I think he's going to be on the field a ton this year. Jimmy Graham is 35 years old. I'm not sure why they brought him back, but his contract runs out after this year. Uh, they're they're not going to 
put Jimmy Graham on the field over Cole Komet. It's just not going to happen. We also saw Komet be pretty productive in the last few weeks of the season. 61% of his uh, receiving production came in the final five weeks. He had 30 targets in those five games. I just think this is a player who could be very Mark Andrews-like in this offense, especially if Justin Fields is the quarterback sooner rather than later. He's also going as like tight end 15 right now, so he's pretty cheap. I saw him go for like a 2022 third-round pick. Somebody traded him straight up for O.J. Howard on Dynasty League football. I just think there's a chance that we see him take maybe a 400, 500-yard jump in year two. And you know what? I mean, I think the most underrated storyline of that offense is if we do see the team cut back on snaps for Jimmy Graham, that is a lot of end zone opportunities mm-hmm. that can trust. I, I mean, I love any touchdown potential for tight ends because one touchdown can win you a week at the tight end position. But if you do have an aging tight end who might be giving up some of that opportunity to the young buck in the offense. I I really like that. Um, How about Adam Troutman, who I feel like has Mm -hmm. been a guy that has low key been getting a lot of steam in dynasty circles. So let's go ahead and just say this at the top. If Taysom Hill is the quarterback, I do not like Adam Troutman anymore. You can just basically pass (laughs) on him, right? But if Jameis is the quarterback, okay, now it's time to get really excited. So uh, did not have a, a fantastic rookie season. Only 16 targets. Uh, the Saints actually only had 5.4 targets to tight ends last year. That was the fifth fewest in the NFL. But what is encouraging is traditionally, Sean Payton's offenses have been very good for, for tight ends. From 2010 to 2020, they have the fourth most tight end targets. A lot of because they were targeting Jimmy Graham, but this is a team that does like to throw to the tight ends in the middle of the field. Uh, Adam Troutman is also a very talented player, so he's coming from Dayton. Uh, so for him to even get on the field last year from being a third-round pick, again, the COVID offseason, coming from a small school, uh, was impressive. He was pro football focused as number one rated run blocker, and as we just That's mentioned wild. with Cole Komet, yeah, if, he, if he's going to be able to block, he's going to be on the field a ton. He averaged over 11 yards per reception last year. He has absurd quickness for his size. Six, seven, eight, three cone, which is just insane. And there's really nobody there to take any snaps from him. Like, I think he's going to play 80, 85, maybe even 90% of the snaps. And an offense with Jameis Winston that's maybe going to be throwing the ball a ton. I think there's some some really good opportunity there for, for Adam Troutman. And then again... He's really cheap. Like, you can get him as tight end 19, tight end 20 right now. It costs you nothing to to go out and get him. Uh, I'm all in on Adam Troutman. And if you're all in on Adam Troutman, like I said, this is the time to buy. Uh, Been lots of buzz there on the market. But, you know, going into Dynasty League Football's Trade Finder, the trades for Adam Troutman are (laughs) all over the map. Um, I mean, you've seen him go for a second, third round, fourth round pick. Uh, and then there are some really lopsided trades that I'm like, you, you've been watching too much tape on Twitter. Um, <laughs> it, it's just it, he's one of these guys that I think you need to inquire about in your league. Don't be surprised if you can't get him for a reasonable cost, mm-hmm. because there is a lot of that hype. People are noticing the potential for opportunity. Jared Cook is no longer there. We're, we're seeing a changing of the guard. Uh, so it's all all about the shiny new potential here. 
Um, give me. Well, can I add? Give me one I more. One more thing there, really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the thing with that offense is, who else is going to take up targets? Right. It's it's Michael Thomas. It's Alvin Kamara, and then. You don't feel great about anybody else in that team. So there's a chance that we see Adam Troutman just get absolutely fed in this offense. And with Kamara and Thomas drawing so much attention, he could be even more efficient than we saw last year. So of all the guys that we're going to mention, I think he easily has the highest ceiling. But I also think he has the highest, flo- uh, you know, the lowest floor as well. If, if Taysom Hill is the quarterback, I don't, I'm not sure he's going to be rosterable. I, I, I'm really not sure. All right, before we close out today's show, give me one more second-year tight end who we need to keep our eyes on. Yeah, I think we need to mention at least Harrison Bryant. He's tight end 29 uh, right now in Dynasty League football. Uh, That was an extremely crowded tight end room last year with uh, Austin Hooper, with David Njoku, Stephen Carlson, a run blocker, actually got a ton of snaps. Uh, That happens to be my wife's uh, ex door neighbor oh. i don't know how to say that correct yeah and then fun different yeah fun. <laughs> um uh, they also have a fullback that they use quite a bit but this is a this is an offense that uh uses two tight ends a ton and harrison bryant was productive uh, one of the best uh tight ends after the catch that we saw all last year he did score three touchdowns and with the cap situation the browns are going to be in next year going into 2022 with Baker Mayfield's contract coming up, they've Nick Chubb. They get assigned. They got to figure out what they're going to do with Odell Beckham. It's not going to be surprising at all if Najoku leaves in free agency, and maybe the Browns cut Austin Hooper, and that would make Harrison Bryant the tight end one on one of the off- one of the league's uh, most fruitful tight end situations in the league. Uh, last year, the Browns had the fifth most tight end targets. Wouldn't even be surprised if that goes up this year. I just think this is a guy that has the potential to be a really, really good receiver. Uh, probably not the ceiling of Komet or of Adam Troutman, but if you're looking for somebody who could get you, let's say, 700 yards and seven touchdowns, I don't think it's impossible for Harrison Bryant to do that. All right, I love it. Everybody, let us know which of these guys you are buying into for their second year. I want to hear what you think about Tua, because I, I think generally— Me too. The, the community at large is low on Tua, and I can't fathom why. So let us know. Reach out to the show at Locked On Dynasty. Uh, again, my name is Kate. You can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And, of course, as always, give my co-host a follow at Marcus underscore Mosier. Leave those five-star reviews. Uh, Ryan and Matt will be back Tuesday and Wednesday, and then we will see you guys on Thursday. <laughs>